we're just going to get started. Okay. I have no idea where this is going. We're just launching off into the after. This might be a lost episode. Why not? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, and I am back this week with none other than fan favorite Ian Dixon. Last episode we had Sabelle on. Nobody knows yet. Yeah. But last episode we had Sabelle on, so this is episode seventy-seven. Lucky number seven-seven. Yes. The audience loves seven. Yes. What's that seven movie about? That uh, with Will Smith is that where Will Smith comes goes around uh, selling his organs or something? Will Smith? What? <laughs> There's a movie called Seven, and it's all about the Will one Smith with Brad selling Pitt? his. Oh, it's Brad Pitt selling his organs. Um. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's somebody's head in a box at the end. What's in the box? I remember that quote. Yeah. Now I know. It's a head. It's a head. (laughs) (laughs) And that movie was ahead of its time. I've always imagined Scott Cast, like as a podcast, Mm -hmm. to be the seed point for many other like brilliant ventures. Like we're gonna have a live show in August at the twenty fourth at two PM at Ghostlight, right? Fuck yeah. You know? So we're gonna have a live show element to Scott Cast. Mm -hmm. We're also gonna have a cartoon element to Scott Cast soon and video games. Yeah. We've got merch at the merch store. We've got everything. And I think one of the main things I feel like Scott Cast should aspire to Mm -hmm. is a movie production. We definitely have the ideas. Yeah, we've got so many great movie premises boiling between us. Hollywood is in this stalemate, this this weird like prisoner's dilemma of uh, if if we we just need to publish things that have been made already and just remake things. Right. They're in this dilemma where they can't if if they try to go original, it'll get buried in all the buzz that remakes get. Mm-hmm. And so they always make remakes. They don't make any originals. Right. And so everyone's losing out because nobody's making the big next thing. They're all just making remakes and cashing in on things that have like a little bit of a little bit of juice already. A little nostalgia, yeah. They're cashing in on nostalgia. They're not cashing in on originality. No. We only have originality because nobody is ever nostalgic for Scott Cass. This is true. Yes, yeah, Scott Cass is <laughs> Always so bleeding edge, it's impossible to be nostalgic about. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. It's against the rules. Except for our endless callbacks. Except for our callbacks, <laughs> which is instant nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Scott Cast can remake itself, but nobody can remake Scott Cast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's not going to be a Scott Cast reboot in 20 years featuring different people a different Scott and Ian like a Jeff Goldblum playing you Mm -hmm. and Sam Neill playing me and it's them as 80 year old men playing us as 30 year old men starting a podcast right although that is the best idea we've ever had for a production if it should actually be made I think everyone would watch old ass Sam Neill and Ian Malcolm I mean, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Everybody would watch that. In fact, that would sell so many more tickets 
than any of the original ideas we've ever came up with, like the Ductator? Probably, yeah. I don't think anything could beat that. But you sounds like you have reboots on the mind. I kind of have reboots on the mind. <laughs> I do. Uh, Bronwyn, yeah. your lovely wife, sent me a link to a trailer that was released. Kevin Smith's Jane Silent Bob reboot is coming mm-hmm. out, and that is the most exciting movie on the horizon for me. Yeah. And so, what does that say about my little tirade? I don't know. I was kind of concerned about it. Concerned about it. Well, it was like the trailer itself was just a celebrity grab bag. Yes. You know, like callbacks to every single thing Kevin Smith has done. But but technically, that's what he's making fun of. True, 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 true. You know, hopefully it's more making fun of it and less like just a pretense of making fun of it. Remember when I did this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like like, that that sketch on SNL where Chris Farley was like the... uh, movie interview dude he's just like remember when uh, <laughs> when this happened in that movie you did yeah yeah that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> I would love that though <laughs> like like in podcasting in this world we live in that kind of interview style could really work mm-hmm. like there could I bet there is some podcast that's totally pulling the Chris Farley from the SNL yeah doing it with sincerity and is like going to take off. It's going to be the number one movie and entertainment schlocking podcast ever. All the big stars go to this one mm-hmm. because all the interviewer ever says is it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's completely safe. I guess if I was going to do an interview, that would be like the way I'd want to go. Yeah. Someone just, just like, congratulates me constantly yeah just a half an hour of like you nodding <laughs> yeah you know looking too cool for this yeah while the guy you know paints you with accolades it's like wow i feel great now yeah you know and you didn't have to do anything yeah. there's no chance of embarrassing yourself unless you did some embarrassing things yeah that you that everyone else thinks is awesome but that's your own problem man right you know wait if, if, you, if someone like came to you as like uh, needing help you know they've made this movie that was the best movie in the world like 10 years ago mm. they could never get past it everyone just looks at this past accomplishment attributes it to this person and it's like they can't get away from this identity mm-hmm. and they don't like it but everyone loves this and it's really paying him dividends but he's running away from it do you have advice for this or questions for a guy like that I mean, it sounds like he just really needs to reframe his thinking about it or her thinking about it. We, I don't want to assume who. Yeah, I don't know this person's gender. It could yeah. be uh, Janine Garofalo, for yeah. instance. Pretend Janine Garofalo comes up to you and was like, I was in Janine Garofalo the movie 10 years ago. <laughs> and I, any, all anybody ever talks about is Jean Garofalo the movie. Yeah. I'm tired of Gene Garofalo, the movie. It's not who I am. I'm a different Gene Garofalo now. Well, that was part of your journey. So, like, yeah, you can be a different person now, but you can also uh, embrace the whoever you were at that point and, like, look at how you've grown. That's amazing. 
So the Jeanine Garofalo needs to make a Jean Garofalo the movie too. Look how I've grown. Sure. If she, if that's what fulfills her, her, uh, her needs, I guess it depends what she's coming up, up about. We should have Janine Garofalo on the cast to really kind of delve into this, oh, ask her yeah. the right questions to get the context behind this, this abject hate she has for Janine <laughs> Garofalo the movie, <laughs> two thousand nine. <laughs> <laughs> this fictional production that you've made up just now. Maybe it's fictional. I mean, <laughs> I think maybe I could have been pulling this from my head. Maybe. You yeah. know? Do you ever do that? You're coming up with something in your head and you lay it down and you realize somebody else already did that? Yes. I bet. Because you always come up with these crazy ideas, but they have like these universal themes in them. Right. And, like, and they're usually uh, topical. We're going to get into a little movie that that you've told me about before the cast and did a little bit. mini pitch yeah but like what have you thought of that somebody already thought of I'm sure that that is entirely uh, esoteric and derivative of other things the, the movie that you brought before yeah but I want to know the other ideas at this point we're saving that for later because okay. we're going to be real detailed with that movie yeah but before then what times have you come up with an idea you thought it was your own it wasn't I don't know if I've ever deluded myself into thinking I've had an original idea. Oh, so you protect yourself <laughs> against like feeling proud? <laughs> <laughs> like Ian's Cold Kitchen is obviously a, a ripoff of uh, binging, binging with Babish. It is it, a little bit. I think we should morph it and like, it's like more mutate it. It's more to the extreme. I'm, I'm going with like the weird cult films, and as opposed to like the pop culture stuff that he does. And I'm uh, not as good a chef, cook, home cook, home cook. Home cook. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not chef. Right. Um, yeah. But same premise. Same premise, but as soon as you inject the Ian Dixon personality, that dynamo of a spirit you bring to the pod right. every day, it's, it's going to explode I mean, and blossom like, into who, its own thing. Who really thing. has original ideas? Like, come on. Yeah. Scott Cast is not original, even in its name. Right. Although technically, I feel like Scott Cast came before every single other podcast possible. Yeah. The earliest Scott Cast, like, just stricken from the record, but I've got documentation. 2015. Yeah. Man, I feel old now. Well, this could be old so cast. You're a pod veteran. I'm a pod veteran, you know? Over the over this half decade, I've amassed almost a dozen subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm grizzled in the ways of podcasting. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I've got the wisdom. I've got the experience, the ups and downs, and the plateaus. Let me tell you about the plateaus. <laughs> People like to go all about the ups and downs, but it's the plateaus that make you a man. Long, long plateaus. You might think they're plains, but they are plateaus. That's right. That's right. You know, you forget that you ascended to this plateau <laughs> at one point as you look around and see nothing but flat expanse <laughs> spreading before you, Ozymandias style. Look upon your kingdom in despair on your plateau. 
The audience likes that poetry reference. <laughs> Trust me. That was be thunderclap. It could have been that. <laughs> Stretched before you, barren wasteland, and nothing. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's they call them? Uh, tumbleweed in the distance. Oh, oh. missed. <laughs> 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 it turned from like being lonely in the desert to being at like uh, Coachella <laughs> <laughs> really quick <laughs> look upon my kingdom in despair what, what is that the white stripes <laughs> <laughs> just showing up and those hippies hippies hipsters yeah yeah anyways we've waited long enough We've got a fantastic movie that we're going to tell you about. Well. Well, a potential Scott Cast production. It's a pitch that Ian levied against me 20 minutes ago, but I'm so satisfied with it hmm. that I feel like we should, we should explore the medium this, this story could take place in, and we should really flesh out like the characters and the yeah. wants and the desires in this like this might be an hour of us talking about the most insane thing you've ever thought of or it might be 10 minutes of us being like maybe not probably the latter we'll see so it's gonna be a spoiler free pitch because i haven't figured out the end yet yeah there can't possibly be a spoiler (laughs) in this but we are starting in modern modern times um as many of you know, our political climate is pretty rife with uh, racism and classism and all the isms. Yes. It's a pretty terrible place to be if you're, like, not a white man. As I've, I've, I hear this all the time. Yeah. As a white man, I only experience, like, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it clouds my periphery. Right. But yeah. every day is like constant bliss and euphoria. It's like I'm floating on clouds and <laughs> people are like tickling me in just the right way all over the place. Yeah. And every single sensation I experience is another blossoming of pleasure. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm a white man, though. I don't know anybody else's. Right. I don't know anybody else's struggles. So for most people, it's, it's terrible times. Oh, okay. Shit, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's this. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. There's uh, there's this group that's you know pretty god awful and wants to send anyone who's like has slightly melanated skin away. And, uh, so you're saying it's like this group that's the main antagonist that's causing all this? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, they they want uh, that make America great again. Like uh, I don't know what time it was ever great, but they want it to be really white. Okay. Yeah. These particular people with this particular desire, right? Which are definitely out there. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, most of us think that these people are assholes. Yes. Rightly so. Yes. And most of the world agrees. Most of it. Most of it. Not Russia. Yeah. Russia, 
Russia's a different thing, but so the idea is, uh, you know, they want, they have this ideal of like a country that's got no minorities. It's all white people and I don't know, guns and whatever. So what's a peaceful solution? We're going to give these people what they want, but in a way that's not harming anyone else. Um, let's find an island, uh, an island that, that we can send all these folks to, preferably an island that will be underwater in 10 years because of global warming. But these people also don't believe in climate change, so they won't like that won't be a, a deal breaker for them. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, that sounds good. And, and all the, the white supremacist neo-Nazi fucks decide to make their own nation on some island somewhere. Yeah, this, this is the specific contingent of the population that we're aiming for. Yeah. The neo-Nazi uh, extremist yeah. kind of people. They, it's, it's better if they go to this island, they have their own Facebook. Right. Their own, their own YouTube, all that sure. kind of thing. They should have their own. I mean, if services. they're smart enough to figure out how to set that up, I don't think they are. We'll we'll set them up a little. Well, like, yeah, sure. It'll be like it'll be a prototype of the Scott. You're not going to set them up to die off immediately. Like if they can survive, then that's their good on them. But right, like, I I feel like I feel like this is this is a this is how it should go. Like I'm going to change your idea just a little bit. Okay, this has got to be in the Scottiverse, right? Uh, the Scott Castiverse. Okay. It's got to be, so in this universe, we exist, mm-hmm. and we're building this underground society. Yeah. And this underground society does have to be self-sustaining, mm-hmm. self-everything. Right. But we can't just go down there willy-nilly and hope it works. Right. We've got to test our systems. Let's test a few systems with the neo-Nazis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why so not? We're, like, I bet Jurassic Park It's a human gone, experiment now. Right. I bet Jurassic <laughs> Park would have gone so much better if they tested the fencing with Nazis, you know? Yeah, okay. Like little Nazis that make noises like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Is that like every time they tweet? That, you, might, that might be where this goes now that you mention it I think I think this might be a missing block like because <laughs> now now there's like a couple layers we're kind of immoral and amoral too but yeah. we've got these Nazis that are completely unsympathetic they got us these right. human experimenters who, who, who are very dubious mm-hmm. in their moral thing and then maybe we'll have a hero that kind of sees both and tries to save a Nazi child or something from mm-hmm. our plans just Nazi child Nazi child <laughs> <laughs> Think they can be de- deprogrammed? I mean, maybe like a seven-year-old Nazi. Yeah, maybe a seven-year-old Nazi could be deprogrammed. Uh, yeah. By by the time they're twelve, they'll be fine. Seven-year-old Nazi to twelve—that's a league of that's that's like a whole lifetime in a yeah. child's development. I mean, that's a lot of work to do, though, in, in that time. Anyway, so but yeah. it's the hero doing it, not us. We're the we're amoral and true. So you're in character already. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're looking at like no, that's a lot of resources we just don't have. <laughs> Fuck the children. <laughs> so yeah, we send all all the uh, the neo Nazis to an island to 
build a society as they will. Yes. Um, sure, While we test our systems. Surely to be destroyed by the climate um, swiftly. It's kind of like a like in Batman when he gets in a situation where he has to abandon the Batmobile, mm-hmm. the Batmobile self-destructs. Right. And so we're testing our, our systems mm-hmm. in a place we know will inevitably self-destruct. Right. Yeah. So, um, as previously established, the whole world hates these people. I mean, in an, in an ideal world. So right. they're like completely isolated. Like, yeah, we send them to the island. We forget about them. Um, several generations pass. It's like, what? What was that island? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's abandoned. No one lives there. Like, as soon as the Nazis got onto that island all by themselves, every single policy shifted towards like sustainability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, if yeah. we fix the Earth in five years, do it a like a like a really heroic effort right? between yeah. them. Like it's at the end of Independence Day and everyone's hand in hand. <laughs> it's like, wow, everything's great now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is really easy to push this through legislation. It just took like two days. <laughs> you know, it was mostly people having to st- rubber stamp their name a few times. And right. They got, one guy got, you know, a little bit of arthritis going on. He had to take a break. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've completely forgotten that these people exist. And we're we're kind of running our own thing, and everything's going really great. And then uh, somehow we stumble upon this island again. Maybe uh, I don't know, plane crash, uh, shipwreck, however you want to do it, doesn't matter. Somebody stumbles upon the island. Like there's like this. No, this is what happens. Is there's um, a divorced um, stepdad. Okay. Taking his son on a parasailing trip mm-hmm. over the island. Yeah. He's like, You get to see real Nazis. Real Nazis. I didn't think there was such thing as Nazis. <laughs> and then like they go on this parasailing trip and then like this water Nazi <laughs> <laughs> like climbs onto the boat and kills all the people <laughs> and cuts the line and then like they parasail onto Nazi Island. <laughs> and then like they have to get like these old school Nazi hunters to come in and uh, to rescue the kid and the stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Water Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nazi specially adapted to water. It's been a few generations on this island. Well, that was sort of the, like the boom, punchy in the face climax was uh, in their their strive for racial purity. There's been a lot of inbreeding on this island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with inbreeding comes uh, birth defects and horrible, horrible deformations. But as we've been told time and time again, evolution is DNA like deforming and mutating mm-hmm. only to That's beneficial ways. how we evolve. And yeah. so these Nazis found some sort of trick to evolution. So some of these horrible deformations were adaptive. Yeah, a lot died, but the rest that survived are hardy as fuck. Only because we gave them this horrific environment. Yes. Right? It's our fault. It's Scott Cast's fault. Ooh, damn. <laughs> you know, and we're just in our hole like not paying attention because we think the world's gone. <laughs> and like So somebody- they're they're adaptive to these like horrific 
uh, environmental uh, conditions and like we're all living in our perfect world over here and like we're we got soft motherfucker oh yeah very soft these Nazi uh, cannibal I don't know I don't even know what the word is um Cronenberg's Okay, yeah, Nazi Cronenberg <laughs> like super evolved creatures. Yeah. I feel like they should evolve like Pokemon did. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a like we said earlier, there's a water type, there's a fire yeah. type, there's yep. a ground type, electric type. <laughs> <laughs> like all Nazis, electric Nazi. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like that's scary. And then like yeah, you got to catch them. Yeah, <laughs> got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Nazi, psychic Nazi. Damn. Right? That's the deadliest Nazi is a psychic Nazi. That's what they say, unless you got a ghost Nazi. <laughs> those ghost Nazis are all those old school Nazis. They mm-hmm. got their SS, the Hugo Boss on. Yeah. And they're but they're ghosts. Mm-hmm. And like they're they're against the neo Nazis because their ways have mutated far past what Fucking they posers. Yeah. <laughs> They're posers, so they they fight the psychic Nazis <laughs> that are just mutated like weird Cronenberg, like bulbous head, mm-hmm. like you know yeah. grotesque kind of creatures that can telepathically communicate and like coordinate the yeah. ice, fire, grass, water type Nazis. Fingernails are falling off. They've got large bulbous faces bursting out of their. Tiny human faces. <laughs> yes. They puke on their food to eat it. <laughs> Turns out it's a bug type Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> it's also psychic in this universe. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where I got to. Like, oh, there's all of a sudden this thing we did to solve this problem uh, has become more of a problem. Because that seems to be kind of a theme for like humanity. Yeah, like we fix something yeah. and ignore it, and it festers. Right. Because our fixes are normally just band aids, temporary. While we flit about, this our will work problems. for now. Yeah. And then, yeah. And we forget about them because we're human. Yep. I forget about things all the time while I'm doing them. That's right. Let alone while I'm ignoring them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need to. So like, so what, there's going to be a. Gonna do? There's going to be a human, uh, pokey Nazi, brawl showdown. That's the title of the episode, <laughs> and and probably the movie, <laughs> human pokey Nazi brawl showdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the audience loves that. <laughs> yeah, human pokey Nazi. Brawl showdown. So, and that's where we're at with the with the pitch. So we got to figure out how that resolves. So um, we've built up a badass antagonist. But that's like I would watch that movie. I'd watch the shit out of that just for the antagonist. Hell yeah! You know, everyone loves a Nazi antagonist because it's very clear cut. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone loves Pokemon. Everyone likes island survival tales. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes tales for the generations. This is so universal and beautiful. You know. Not everyone can quite get down with the Cronenberg, but well, but it's the Cronenberg <laughs> bug, bug psychic Nazi. Yeah, you know, so it's like I mean, that's that combination is like, damn, 
Yeah, in post-production, we can be kind to like the bug, the, to like the electric type Nazi, water type Nazi. We can mm-hmm. make them look slick and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still Cronenbergy and definitely mutants, mm-hmm. but we can make them look like pretty Nazi mutants. Yeah, Nazis are very particular about how they look. Yeah, you know, they'll all have blue eyes and blonde hair. Yes, <laughs> just for men, blonde is a very popular seller in this Nazi island. <laughs> it's all blonde. I'll <laughs> be good. And forearms and three dicks or whatever. Right. You do not want to mess with the three dick Nazi. <laughs> three dick Nazi. Yeah. That's going to be definitely in the third act. <laughs> Is the reveal the main protagonist who we've not fleshed out in any way mm-hmm. has to somehow fight a three dick Nazi on the way to the Nazi Cronenberg psychic bug Nazi <laughs> who's commanding all the forces? Because you know, because that's all this kind of tale has to be. It's got to have you got to have that main pr- antagonist. Got to be an escalation for sure. Yeah, but you also have to have like one creature that or one thing that needs to be destroyed, a focal point that needs to be destroyed, and then mm-hmm. everything is good. Yeah. Because we can't have a complicated story with, mm. that really reflects reality. Yeah. You know, the reality of a situation where there's pokey Nazis on an island <laughs> hundreds of years later. Yeah. We can't have a realistic version of that. It's too convoluted. But we can do the movie magic thing, mm. like an Independence Day. Yeah. It was the mothership. If you destroy the mothership, just throw a bomb in there and peel out. Yeah. That's all you needed to do to destroy all the other ships. That's right. You know, and in this one, if you destroy the psychic Cronenberg bug Nazi, that is all you need to do to kill it. So we got to find a, a protagonist. All of a sudden, this sounds like we uh, could do this. Starship Troopers. Oh, is this what it is? Wasn't there like a mother brain bug that they they killed, and then all the other bugs were like, Wah. well, well, it's just like a natural part of this storyline. You know, it's just like the it's you you can't defer too much from the natural formula. Yeah. Like, look, we're already original enough to to have a with movie. our Nazi antagonists, <laughs> right? <laughs> with a with a movie that isn't who's, a reboot. Who's ever thought of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and Pokemon, <laughs> but it's not it's not a reboot if we're just stealing. Yeah. We're combining uh, influences. Our amalgam equates to originality. That's right. Yes. Great artists steal. That's right. Great producers reboot. Game three. It's just so much more money in the reboot. But anyways, we're going to flesh this out because we believe in originality. We don't need to win the big ticket sales. Mm. If anything about Scottcast is proven at this point, it's that the numbers don't matter that much. We're going to do it anyway. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hells yeah. You know why? After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. <laughs> oh, oh, David. David. David, that's, that's not why. That's very sexist. That's very, that's like, oh my God. You can't, you can't be like objectifying people. Like, don't do that, David. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't. Oh, oh God yeah. damn it. Oh, put that back. Put that back. Put that back. No, 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 no. Just put it back. I don't know. Uh, fine. <laughs> oh yeah. You go in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. Ah, all right. So we got that out.
That's out. At least out of my system. (laughs) 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 So we've got the Ductator movie. It's a Sam Neill vehicle, essentially, Mm -hmm. where we talk about his relationship with his duck and to a point where he's commanding the world. This has got to be in the Scott Castaverse, too. based on a true story. It's based on a true story. And the relationship of Sam Neill with his duck, Charlie, turns out that's his name. There you go. So we got that in this universe. So eventually in this universe, there's a duck president. Maybe this duck president needs to be the president that's in charge at the time that we're... The, the protagonist is attacking the Nazis. Or maybe this He's going to lead the anti-fascist revolt. Oh, the, yes. The duck president leads the anti-fascist revolt that sends people to an island. Yes. Because only a duck president could do that. If you go up there as a human president with that idea, people are going to look at you like, this is exactly what the Nazis did. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's good people on both sides, you know. <laughs> That's how the duck, he'll, he'll be able to get away with these like black and white just declarations <laughs> and, and these executive orders. And people will be like, well, he's a duck. What did you expect? You know, yeah. it's better than the last thing we had. Damn right. So that's what's going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. We had to, like, if we're going to make these movies, we got to make all these movies. We've got to make the Scott Cast City movie, which, which details uh, our rise and then fall into the ground to create Scott Cass City. Mm-hmm. And we got to have the Ductator, which uh, outlines the ducks rise and fall of becoming president of the world, you know, banishing Nazis as a United States president and mm-hmm. then being um, promoted to like chancellor of earth mm-hmm. upon like, like all that improvement that happened as soon as the Nazis went away. Right. And then a fall after that because, you know, too much power, whatever, he's a duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then now we've got the, the third part of our trilogy. Probably I would put it in number, I would put it as the first movie, I think. Yeah. I think this is a good first introductory movie because it's got all these universal elements where we send off Nazis to an island only to have created a worse problem. Yeah. Pokemon Nazis. Right. Poke Nazis. Can you say Poke Nazi? Is that trademarkable, copyrightable? I, I We got to contact a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not very good with. But we could totally have a fire type Nazi, right? I don't see why not. You can't libel a Nazi. No. And say that they have fire powers and then get sued. I, I would hope not. I, w- I don't think you can. Yeah. So I think this is a fantastic route for us. Universally, take. people are like, Nazis are bad. Yeah. You could say whatever you want about Nazis and Nazi history. Mm-hmm. You can say things that are completely wrong about Nazi history as long as you're not uh, denying the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, as long as you're saying a bad thing about a Nazi, people are like, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't, I understand why you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... That's our that's that's our first foray. Is we're gonna dip our toes into the water of original programming mm-hmm. by creating a movie where antagonist Nazis easy sell on an island, easy sell. Um, there's a alien psychic mother fucking alien, and that we gotta kill easy sell. It's also a Nazi double easy sell. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all this stuff, and and you know, besides, and this far in the future. We could totally have dinosaurs back in the world, you know, and we can have this guy. 
Yes. Yes. And in that, obviously, we know how it ends now. Sorry about the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaurs once again rule the earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that's how it'll happen. It'll just be like, oh, yeah. well, we've also got this dinosaur problem now in the future. Here it is. Remember in Australia where they put in uh, toads to take care of like some <laughs> right. rodent population Oops. and then the toads took over? We're going to do the same thing. We're going to put dinosaurs on the island with the Nazis and then the dinosaurs will just take over. It's fine there. Right. Because that's our like, okay, we've got an apex predator. We need to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. toss aside. Let him have his own environment. Right. But then we run the risk of uh, hyper-evolved dinosaurs in the next few generations. But hey, we need to have built-in sequel opportunities. True, true. So there we go. So I don't want to get into movie reviews, but I told you I watched uh, Carnosaur the other day, right? Oh. Carnosaur being uh, like a schlocky take on the Jurassic Park world. Yes, it was contemporaneous. It was released just after the original Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roger Corman production. If you know anything about Roger Corman, he's like a schlock master. Schlock master Roger yeah. Corbin. Cash in on all the... He uh, he released Piranha right, Look, right when Jaws was coming out. Let's stop for a minute and, yeah. just, and just talk about how that is such a great niche to get into as a filmmaker. Yes. My niche is cashing in on the big productions, making schlock films. That's the thing. Like, find out what's in production, what's going to hit, and be like a big shit deal. And just make a shitty version of it with like lots of gore. Shitty, shitty exploitative version that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> gore, titties, uh, like total exploitation. Like yep. you will be able, you won't be able to say you're making a better movie than this, this big production, but no. you will be able to say your production has a lot more blood and has a lot more titties. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot, and you know, for me, that's all I need. Yeah. Mostly the blood, the titties. I've I've grown out of. Yeah, but I understand we need to like uh, have like a like a hook for the younger I don't, audience. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Like, because that was like excessive titties in a show. Yeah, in the, in the VHS days, that was like uh, kind of the the draw. Like right. the thirteen year old boys going to the video store. Like, oh, this one got boobs in it. Right, right, right. Because but like everything's streaming now, curtain. and you can find anything on the fucking internet. So maybe oh, that's yeah. not like a big deal anymore. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to put out some excessive titties <laughs> in a VHS tape <laughs> right. to to make that like oh I should do this instead of the three billion titties on the internet. Right. That's probably a low number. I mean, quite possibly. I I don't know how to even conceive of the math that would be behind that. <laughs> it's inconceivable. <laughs> Princess Bride reference, which brings us back to G territory. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got this film. Mm-hmm. We've got this series of films all dedicated to Scott Cast Universe. Yeah. And and the crazy implications most of our Real life, like true belief theories on how the world's going to continue, mm-hmm. will continue. And if someone should take drastic action, what are the butterfly effects of that drastic action? Yeah, you know. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a good formula to like come up with some shit about 
movies. Right? Right? That's what people are interested in. Yeah. If you're a thinking human being. Because, I mean, that's sort of, uh, you think of all the great movies in, in history. Like, they're either uh, kind of quasi historical or they're like, uh, yeah, what's going on right now? Like, in the 80s was like the dawn of the computer and we got Terminator and. Yeah, that shit's like still relevant. Mm-hmm. Like those, those kind of predictive movies, mm-hmm. and then like you re, you revisit them years later and be like, wow, that turned out that way. Well, it didn't quite turn out this way, right? You know, like the Infinite Jest is a lot like that with a lot of its predictions mm-hmm. regarding uh, the addiction to media and the internet and stuff like that. It's, yeah, he essentially before the internet was a real big thing, he ascribed. An addictive media mindset that's very similar to what we're experiencing. That now. certainly has, yeah, come to fruition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that means odds are, since we've come up with this story, mm-hmm. there's definitely going to be a Nazi Pokemon Island eventually. <laughs> and then, definitely, you know, the only way to get rid of mm-hmm. that is to breed and move dinosaurs onto the island. Mm-hmm. That, that is one big pile of shit. I uh, appreciated about Carnosaur too is that it it was uh, kind of in tune with our our uh, plans for turkey dinosaurs. Oh, okay. We do have this plan for turkey dinosaurs to guard the Scottcast City Cavern. Yeah. Uh, we just take turkeys. They're big. Ferocious beast of yeah. a bird, and we modify a few of its genetics mm-hmm. to be more dinosaur-like. Is this yeah. kind of what they did in Carnosaur? Sort of. I mean, it was really convoluted. There was a, there was kind of three storylines going on at once. Okay. So it was like this one genetic engineering lady who like was just fed up with people. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You people are fucking everything up," and so she was evolving genetics. Like she made a virus. And was messing with chickens and poultry, and so like there was, uh, holy shit! There was poultry that were laying eggs that were turning into dinosaurs, but there were also people that were giving birth to like human dinosaurs. Yeah, like dino eggs. But then also they had like a fucking three D laser printer that was just making fucking big T Rexes. That's badass. (laughs) So, like, it wasn't real clear how the dinosaurs were coming about, but they were fucking shit up. You know, that's, I mean... It didn't really matter. You don't want to put all your eggs in one woman. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That that tripart, we got chickens, we got women, and we've got computers all making dinosaurs. It was a multivariate plan. It's how you ensure that your plan will succeed. You got to create redundancies. Gotta that's right. Think with the engineering mindset because that's what that really is. Yeah. So this woman's creating this virus. Fuck you, John Hammond. And that's not. That's not. <laughs> it's not very hard pressed. Like you learn about CRISPR mm-hmm. kind of engineering and stuff like that. Like, what if they make like a viral version of a CRISPR edit? Yeah. You know, like just spread this virus and the, this virus fucks up the DNA and turns people into dinosaurs. Yeah. That's awesome. That's how the zombie outbreak is going to happen, but it's going to be zombie dinosaurs. Well, probably even just more dinosaur than zombie. 
Probably. You know, because zombies suck. Why would you want to be a walking corpse? That makes no sense. It's not weaponizable. Really. I mean, it kind of is. Like, how much use can a rotted body be? Like, physically. Like, I understand, like, in the zombie movies, like, they do some crazy pseudoscience to say that even though it's a rotting corpse of a body, it's got super strength and can Mm -hmm. run and can slap you silly and shit. Well, I mean, in the more modern ones. Yeah. They're pretty slow moving in the previous ones, but it's about numbers, not so much about uh, agility or, like, strength or whatever. Maybe you could back this up. I read somewhere that zombie movies are all about uh, the, the parable of, like, the the dumb masses, mm-hmm. you know, kind of taking over society. Yeah, you know, it's all about it's all about the rubes. Yeah, I mean that's what certainly the classics, all the the Romero zombies were really about, uh, like social commentary and consumerism and that sort of stuff. So, what's our comment besides Nazis are bad and they should go to an island? Um. Do we have a, a a greater message? I don't know. I think our greater message is that life finds a way. Stuff's complicated. Like, yeah. There's not a, a clear solution to anything. We gotta kind of really think this shit out and like consider all the possibilities. Multiple, at least. Yeah. And like, like. You gotta look ahead at each decision you make. I think most people see problems and they're just like, "Fix it now! Fix it now! Do yeah. what it takes!" And that's kind of what like shipping everyone to an island would do. Fix yeah. it now, but you don't yeah. really think too much about. Well, except for us, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but most people wouldn't think much beyond that, and wouldn't understand the genetic implication of that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that Nazis will eventually give in enough inbreeding and technology become powerful Pokemon versions of themselves. Right. You know, varied along the elements and other um, traits of power, like psychic ghost and rock ability. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness. I like that movie. Yeah. I think I think I think Scott Cast Movie Studios is a go. I think we could break even on that. We could if we t- had <laughs> like the right distribution. Right. We could. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a modest budget going. <laughs> hire some schlock actors, yeah. hire some schlock artists mm-hmm. and get this done. I'm trying to find a schlock artist to help us with the Scott Cast live show for some elements. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to find somebody who can do some uh some makeup for us. Nice. So that like we can have some fun at the trauma dance because it is trauma dance that we're doing our mm-hmm. live show at. You know that's kind of why we're pushing all I the B movie talk. If we could, uh, if we could get some supplies, I could see what Bronwyn could do. Bronwyn's a makeup artist. That's true. Yeah. Ask Bronwyn whatever supplies she needs. I'll I'll get them. And we and it's, if I mean, she's, she's if she's got the done, skill, I've got the funds. Yeah, she hasn't done a lot with prosthetics, but she's got friends that do that stuff. So I think we could make it happen. Why the fuck didn't we ask her in the first place? Why didn't you tell me that was something you were thinking about? Well, I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't. So okay, we're gonna go that way out. We're gonna let the lovely sneaky bee, as as evidenced in 
27 episodes ago. <laughs> and episode 50, wow. We yeah. really spit pods out. Yeah. Or we've just been doing this a while. One of the two. Podmasters. Podmaster Flex. Keep it real. What's up? All right. Let's talk about the Scoutcast story and then take a quick break. This is how we're going to do that. Watch this. What up? I said, what up? No! Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. I can't find it. You can find that one. What the shit? Oh, well. Okay, I guess no one gets to know about the Scottcast store. What would they need to know if they needed to go to the Scottcast store? Well, I mean, it's not exciting without the music. But, you know, you you can go there, buy some T-shirts, buy some bikinis. What's that uh, uh, website again? Scottcast.us? It's, uh, that'll take you there, but thescottcast.com is where the you go. Thescottcast.com. Go to the shop and buy yourself some, some great goods. And if you use the term, the coupon code PLEBE, you'll get a full 10 bucks off while supplies last. And... Uh, that means like a T-shirt for like ten bucks, yo. You know, shipped right to your door with Scott Cast's flash all over it. Fuck yeah, jump on that. Jump on that. We can uh, add that stuff post, right? We could, but like, <laughs> like that's not the energy we just gave. Damn. We gave silent energy, which is fine. We got the we got the information out there in a really concise, effective way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it doesn't have that same, oh, we're shilling for cash right now vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that shilling vibe. Yeah. I love to shill. We need a sponsor just so I can, like, live out my shilling fantasies. Yeah. That's the way to be. Well. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's do that. Okay. All right, we're back with What's What. And today, we have a special on meth-addled alligators coming up right now. Police have warned residents of their little county over in some other place, probably Florida, to not send meth down the toilet. That's right. That's right. They warned that if you send meth down the toilet, uh... It'll go through their processing plant, which they're not really prepared for meth. Mm-hmm. And it will go past this processing plant into the river. And then you will see uh, methed up waterfowl, methed up squirrels, methed up other woodland creatures as well. Further down the line, methed up alligators. Yes. Now, you kind of brought up an interesting point. Mm-hmm. A methed up alligator, while having a large amount of energy mm-hmm. would probably not have very great teeth. Yeah, maybe they would uh, be so methed out that they would be less dangerous because they, they're all tooth, toothless. Yeah, but they'd be so motivated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you want more motivated alligators? They do still have a lot of uh, uh, jaw strength. Yeah, they could gum you and then do they, the death roll yeah. underwater and drown you. That's true. You know, and break your back still. Yeah. On meth. Yep. But, you know, they just gum you alive. So you wouldn't even become food, <laughs> you know? At the very least, if I got eaten by a creature, be mm-hmm. it a dinosaur or a bear yeah. or an alligator, 
I would hope that I give them like a caloric surplus for the day and they feel happy and content. Yeah. You know, but if you get chewed up by a messed up alligator who's just gumming you alive, mm-hmm. uh, you're, there's absolutely no chance that he's going to really get the calories he deserves given the exertion he'll have to, yeah, that's true. Have to do to murder you. It's a sad situation. It's a sad situation. That's for why it's against the law to molest alligators in Florida. Right? A, a law that you wouldn't think would have to be made. It seems like the alligator themselves would enforce that law <laughs> just fine without the help from the legislature. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't molest the alligator. I like to see like an alligator in a Florida court. It's <laughs> like, like a stuffed wait, alligator wait figure. touch you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like they're showing like the alligator this beanie baby and it's like <laughs> nosing at the crotch <laughs> that's me here <laughs> oh that poor alligator yeah. had a tough life yeah i can't imagine what what it would what it would be like growing up as an alligator i don't know you know that's that's the thing about empathy like we given as much praise as possible, but how much can you really invest into empathy? Can you really understand what it's like to be a Florida alligator right. being molested? But I mean, that's part of how we, uh, I guess that's kind of our, our survival mechanisms too, is like if we were completely empathetic, we would just... Uh, crumble under the horror horrificness of the world yeah that's true we've got to have a little like I, saw, I saw an article that I didn't send to you because I thought it would be horrible to make fun of well let's bring it up now but, <laughs> and I don't know if I can find it now but it was um, like uh, a woman who worked at Tim Horton's I don't remember if what state it was in, but it was a Tim Horton. So you just let's just was, say Florida. Well, no, it would be no. like north because it's like Canada and like just the very states that border Canada. Oh, okay, Canadian. Yeah, specifically Tim Hortons. Oh, is this Canadian company? The one Tim Hortons in Florida. Go on. So like, yeah, there's a woman that worked there, and she couldn't afford childcare because. Uh, you know, slave labor. Well, uh, but anyway, she brought, she brought our kid to work, and it it fell into the grease trap and died. The kid fell into the grease trap. The toddler, the child, fell into the grease trap and died. How large is the grease trap at a place peddling brew? Large enough for a toddler, I guess. Oh, holy fuck! But she did not face charges because because uh, reasons. I don't know. Grease trap fell, died. I thought like grease trap. That is so terrible of a death. And that's that's the horrible thing is like I thought toddler fell into a grease trap. That's hilarious. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, that that was someone's kid, and that's horrible. I don't care if it's someone's (laughs) kid. Fuck the mother. (laughs) Like like that's a terrible experience to have a human being. Yeah, like falling into a U sized grease trap is what that is. (laughs) 
And like that's right. before you experienced pain beyond like I'm afraid to get my hair cut. Right. <laughs> you know, like oh, does it hurt when they cut the hair? <laughs> when I was a kid, I had such a terrible time getting a haircut because yeah. like I I I just felt like it would be painful. Yeah. Uh. Because you're, you're getting really cut. I always really like getting my hair cut because it was like it felt kind of nice. I mean, I never, I never attributed that to that. Like every time I went to get a haircut as a kid, it was just like, oh, I didn't hurt this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm afraid like they're gonna like cut my ear off. Mm. I think, you know, a lot of the time, that's what it was. So to be a kid trapped in a dark greasy yeah, boiling like, hell it's kind of a terrible, until it place, dies. terrible way to die I didn't know they had grease traps at TOs right, and right? Like, for the donuts human size grease, grease I guess I don't know right I mean maybe I they, thought they were the like frozen and they just heated them up right I thought it was microwave <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, if you told me a toddler got caught at a Tim Hortons uh, microwave I'd believe yeah. you yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. But it's a grease trap. You know, it's a terrible... That's death. a horrible thing that happened. But yeah. uh, I guess I kind of chuckled because that's how I deal with horrible things sometimes. That's, that's where your empathy comes through. It's like, well, not well. your empathy has to have a limit. Yeah, and like I mean, I, is I like, deal with... I hear horrible things at work all day. I don't want to... True. Have to think about toddlers dying in grease traps. Yeah, like I understand that completely. Sometimes I need to be able to laugh at infanticide. And for me, like I have like the opposite problem that you have <laughs> that leads me to also laugh at infanticide. <laughs> <laughs> for me, you're I'm a just, sociopath. <laughs> not, almost, not quite, but almost. <laughs> for me, I'm just so laid back, yeah. easygoing, mm-hmm. and and like willing to explore. Like dark things mm-hmm. that, like, I hear that and I'm thinking to myself, uh, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Exactly <laughs> how did that happen? Let's get a schematic going. I'm kind of curious, like, why did the love not take this into account? All this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to explore it and talk more about this boiling, greasy death this child had. Yeah. Which is like, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to discuss any of the, the details or anything like that. They, because they just have this bad feeling in their stomach because yeah. it's such a horrific event. But me, I, I hear that, and then I'm, I'm instantly perked up, and I'm just like, <laughs> this is not a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. This is not something that you can just drag out of people and like talk about. I want to know how people are going to react to this mm-hmm. being brought up. I love those kind of topics. I had a recent problem like this mm-hmm. on the dispatch. We had to ditch a whole episode. Because we had a whole get, we had a guest, and like for forty minutes of like the hour long podcast, we were talking about really dark subjects. We were talking about like suicide and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Everyone was taking it very seriously, but they they also felt like they weren't. They also felt like kind of caught caught off guard and all that kind of stuff. And me, I was just like, oh, this is such an interesting topic. I'm glad that this is being brought up, mm-hmm. and I was ready. Nobody else was ready. Yeah. You know, so like my laid back demeanor and my willing to accept any kind of conversational topic and push it to some extreme to see what happens mm-hmm. doesn't work well with most people. Works well with you because you've got a heart and empathy unit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, you, you've got that switch. You know how to put it on, put it off. And That's why we got that, uh, that dynamic. That's why um, we got the dynamic, man. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it leads us, leads us to a good place. You, because you are so caring and thoughtful and like you really help people through horrendous events Mm -hmm. and me, because I ignore everything in life (laughs) and I'm just interested in saying something weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great give and take we've got here, you know, and that's why ScottCast is wonderful. That's why ScottCast always, always achieves glory when we do. <laughs> thank you, thank you. ScottCast audience always loves mm-hmm. when we go into these dark topics because we treat them with such uh, a perfect mixture of respect and uh, aloofness. <laughs> <laughs> It's a delicate balance. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. Yeah. Not so bad at all. So what did we learn today, Ian? Of all things, we've learned plenty. I feel well, like we've learned how to make a new Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um, Nazis are still bad. Still bad. Still very much available as an antagonist in your mm-hmm. movie. Um, Screenwriters. Don't flush your meth down the toilet. Don't flush your meth down the toilet because you don't want to get gummed to death by an alligator six feet under. Yeah. Uh, what else? Mm, well, we also learned... Um, That we need more more attention at the Scottcast email bag. You know? We barely even used the sound. Not yeah. a single time did we use the sound. We didn't use this sound at all. What the fuck? No, this is like that's like the classic Scottcast sound effect. It's the first sound effect we kind of introduced. It's the one that stuck through pretty much every episode. And we didn't even get to use it. In fact, I have to just throw it in at the end right now just to have it present in this episode. How would one uh Submit to the Scottcast email bag if oh. they were so inclined. I mean, you can submit very easily to the Scottcast email bag by going to thescottcast.com forward slash email bag, filling out the form, or you could just email hotforscottcast at gmail.com. That's hot, the number four, then scottcast at gmail.com. Just send anything there. Or if you're the kind of person that is more likely to just voice your opinion versus write it out like you just you you need that delivery you need the ability to say what's on your mind Mm -hmm. you want maybe you just want to be featured on scottcast as like a vocal presence like you just want your little clip this is what we're going to do we've got the scottcast voicemail bag the number is one three one three four 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 five seven three six that's one three one three Four 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 five seven three six numbers in the show notes. Send in a message to the Scottcast voicemail bag. Ask us a question. Give us a compliment. Tell us we're stupid. Anything you'd like, and we'll play it and respond on the podcast that we record next. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So that's all it takes to be on Scottcast. It's whoa, that bar got lowered real quick. you know and yeah i guess uh, that's the scottcast you know man like here we go here we go yeah so to have a good week and uh, all hail scottcast glory be to scottcast see you later scottcastigators that was my line oh big do you do (laughs) 
See you later, Scott Castigators. All right.